Welcome back to GEA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Matthew Hurley from the GEA Statsman podcast. We're here to grade every county from A to F based on their performances in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship this season. So, in other words, obviously, you know, the, the, the it, it's not like the best team sort of get A or whatever. It's obviously based on, on sort of their own performances from the season um, you know, based on sort of what their expectations would have been at the at the start of the season, we'll basically just be applying school grades to every county from the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship and the Joe McDonough Cup teams as well. Just a reminder, we brought to you by Declan Kirby GA Star, the best children's GA book out there in the market at the minute. You can find it on Amazon, Easton's, all good bookshops. So make sure to check them out when you get a chance. Matthew, how's things with you? We were just chatting off air there. I suppose it feels a bit strange that the, you know, I know there's the ladies final tomorrow and the camogie final the, the week after, but, you know, the inter-county season, a men's level anyway, is, is over. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's odd, all right, because it's it's the last day of July. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on again, Aaron. Yeah, it's it's very strange. We're talking off air as well that soccer's beginning and the G is just ended. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I know Liverpool are doing well at the moment, but at the same time, G is an exciting score for a reason. Um, but look, the split season's here. Um, I think uh, from the sort of star paper down here, Kieran McCarthy was mentioning in his, in his column during the week that, um, look, it's time to go clubbing, as he would say. It's time for players in Premier Intermediate or Senior A or Premier Senior, whatever grade, up and down the country, to state their claim in the, the country and time for clubs to get the recognition they deserve as well. So that's a positive in itself. There is there is some arguments from RT more so really that um it takes away it takes away what the GA has and gives it to other sports in August and September. But at the same time I think it's brilliant just to give the club action the recognition it deserves. But I definitely agree with you. It's hard to believe that um it's over already in July and um yeah, it's hard to believe in July as well. It's it's kind of um, it's kind of terrible weather this week as well. So um, maybe the GA season has um dragged the weather along with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, all right. Like because um, like yeah, like I suppose it's something we're not really gonna know about until really like the the years kind of go by. Like once we actually get to fully see sort of how the club season goes, and then how the county season goes, the break in between and everything else, and we'll, we'll, we'll sort of have more of a, I suppose, an understanding then of of how the, the actual split season will work. Well, I suppose we'll crack into it and we'll be we running through every county from the, the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, first of all. We'll go in alphabetical order and I suppose we'll start with, uh, well, my own county, Dublin. And um, a disappointing year in the end from a, from a Dublin perspective, finishing fourth in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship. It's sort of a strange one because we actually finished on the same amount of points in the round robin as Kilkenny and also as Wexford. You know, so we were actually only a point away. Like if we had gotten a draw against Kilkenny or Wexford, we would have been in a Leinster final. So it's kind of a weird one, really. We had some good performances in the league, beating the likes of Tipperary. Um, we've obviously now seen Matty e. Kenny step away from uh, fr- from his role as Dublin senior hurling manager. But what would you what would be your, your thought process on this one? I think we were chatting about this last year in regards to Dublin hurling. It's quite hard to judge them. Are they underachieving or overachieving? I think Shane Downey mentioned that in the Sunday game last year after their quarterfinal loss to Cork. It's even more hard this year because, like, after a few games, we were thinking after the Wexford game especially. We're thinking Dublin are in the quarterfinal. 
they're going to go to an all Ireland quarterfinal and it'll be a successful year for Matty Kenny and his team. But then I, I just think they didn't get enough points what they needed against Westmead and Leash especially. They only scored one goal between those two games. One goal in the entire championship. I know they performed pretty well in the Leinster Championship and gave Galway a bit of a scare at times in their last game. But one goal in the entire championship is not good enough. Simply not good enough to reach a quarterfinal. And that's probably the reason why Dublin didn't do it. It's it's a tough one. I don't know which void is harsh, Aaron. I'd give him a D maybe because of the way the season petered out in the end. The way they didn't score that much in the end against Leach and Westmead. And Kilkenny, in the end, they got absolutely paced in their game as well. So, you know... um. Judging by that, it was a good performance against Wexford, but most people might have seen us, even uh, the guys in the Hurling podcast and my podcast would have said as well. Wexford were probably the better team in that game. Dublin just took their chances better. They were more, they just wanted them more in that game. And Wexford, it took time for them to wake up, and eventually they woke up. And unfortunately, uh, Dublin were the downer to that. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd give them a D. I don't know what you think yourself, Aaron. Look, if it, it petered out at the end, they only scored a goal between Westmead and Leash, and ultimately. That's not good enough in intercounty hurling. Yeah, I've actually gone for a D as well. Funny enough, like I think, um, I, yeah, like there was there was some good performances in the league, but yeah, like in in the Leinster Championship, like barely scraped a win over Leash. We seen sort of how how everyone was really putting up a, a big win against Leash. Like we just about got over the line there. Similar against Westmead, once again getting absolutely trashed by by Kilkenny, and there was a lot of like optimism for for Dublin this year. Coming in like Ronan Hayes was unbelievable in the in the club championship season for for Kilmacud Croaks, um. But unfortunately, you know, probably didn't produce or, or or for whatever reason, just wasn't really at his absolute best. There, you know, we couldn't really get good ball into him. Danny Sutcliffe was fairly quiet, um. You know, so all in all, like the, there is there is a good team there. There is good players there, and obviously, you get to an under twenty All Ireland final. Um, well, I suppose the delayed one from 2020 obviously played in 2021. So there is a, a lot of positives there, but it's it's going to be interesting as well to see who the, the next manager is for Dublin. It is, yeah. Like I suggested on other podcasts, and um, I'm sure the people will agree as well. Davey Fitz has his eyes set in Dublin. I know he's at the backroom team of the Karkamoki team, and he keeps saying on the Sunday game, look, we have a game to look forward to, David Aller, the final to look forward to, coincidentally, next week. I'd be interested to see if Cork win the all Ireland next week in Camogie, will Davy go up to Dublin then? Because the big books, as you well, as we both know, Aaron, it is there. The platforms are there. They have good young players. What be Dublin need to get the appointment right though? Because Owen O'Donnell recently transferred to the footballers. I don't know, it was just a public stunting or what what was it? But Dublin need to get the right manager in. If they get someone uninspiring, let's just say, Owen O'Donnell might just stick with the footballers and that'll be detrimental to the hurlers because he's one of the best fullbacks in the country, if not the best. So, like, it'll be important to see who Dublin get as manager. I think Davy Fitz is the right fit for that Dublin team. He might get you a Leinster title, might even get you a league title as well, just to steady the ship a small bit, you know? So, um, I think he'd be the right choice. Eddie Brennan, well, you could Brian Cody leaving Kilkenny, he might go down there now. So, yeah, I, I think Davy Fitz, it, he takes all the boxes for Dublin. He has to go up there now. Like, like the team is there. Maybe Conor Callan. If, if Davy Fitz goes up, will Conor Callan come back? That'd be interesting as well to see. But it, 
they have to get an appointment right, whether it be Davy Fitz or Eddie Brennan, they need to get the right appointment, or else players like Owen O'Donnell might just quit the hurling team, and that will not be looking good going forward. Yeah, I actually ran into Conor Callaghan, would you believe, earlier. <laughs> I probably should have asked him, um, funnily enough. Um, but yeah, yeah, kind of bizarre, like just seeing him around the area. But um, but yeah, like I would agree. I think, yeah, Davy Fitz or Eddie Brennan, I think would be the, the two ideal choices. I, I would like Liam Sheedy maybe potentially as well. I think there is good managers available. And as we very well know here and with Dublin GEA, there certainly is a lot of quid going around. So you know, like I'm sure they can entice managers to come in. There's great underage structures. There's a good base of players to work with. You're not too far away. You know, you, you can compete in Leinster. It's not like, you know, Alicia or Westmead. Like I've seen Davy Fitz being linked with, with Offaly, which is which has been interesting. Um, but we'll we'll obviously have to wait and see what, what happens there. Um, but I suppose moving on then we'll we'll discuss Galway. Um, Galway obviously beaten in the in the All Ireland semi-finals in the end by Limerick. Obviously Henry Shefflin's first season in charge for Galway. You know an interesting season from Galway. I would I would give it a, a success. Um, I, I do think it's been a, a decent season from from Galway considering where they were last year, considering that Joe Cannon obviously stepped away, and although Kilkenny produced an unbelievable performance against against Limerick. Um, like Galway were leading against Limerick at, at different points in that game, and and I think Limerick were were probably more panicked in the All Ireland semi final than they were in the final. So I mean, what's your what are you thinking here? Yeah, I'd have to rate Galway very highly as well because of you know the progression they made under Henry Sheffield this year. Like um, it was always going to be tough for Henry when you think about it. Like Galway, they flattered to deceive really last year under um, Shane O'Neill. Like, they, they lost pretty poorly to Watford and they lost to Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. Like, like in fairness to them, they beat Limerick in the league. They put it up to Cork in the league as well. They did very well in the league campaign. I think the only downside was the Leinster final. And I think Kilkenny really, looking back at it, played it down to a tee. They played absolutely excellent that day. And when you look at the Leinster group, they didn't lose a game in that. So that has to be a positive as well. I suppose as the championship went on, they, well, not necessarily the Limburg game, but the Cork game, I honestly thought Cork lost it more than Galway won it. So that was a bit of a worry for Galway. But I'd agree with you, the Limburg game, Limburg were scared in that game. Throughout the game, like, I don't think Kilkenny actually laid for a considerable amount of time that Galway did, really. So that just shows you, Galway, they've made some good strides this year. They've got good young players coming through. And Henry... As Joe McCarthy said in the GA Show podcast recently, this is Henry's team now. He will go into next year and he'll get confidence. Overall, for a grade, I'd probably give him a B because they're off the A because of their performances against Kilkenny and against Cork. Even though they beat Cork, I'd have Cork threw that game away. So, honestly, I'd give him a B. Maybe people will argue for an A. I can see their point of view there, but I'd, I'd stick with a B because of them two performances in uh, the Leinster final and the quarterfinal. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with a B as well. I think I think if you were to give an A here, I think it's probably a bit it's a bit too far-fetched. Like, I do think this Galway side do have improvement in them. I think they can even get better, like, next season. I think there, there could be a potential push for, for an All-Ireland there. And with lads like Joseph Cooney, Connor Whelan, obviously the, the Burks in there as well, Aina Murphy in between the sticks, like, they have a, a very, very good base. And considering it was Henry Shefflin's first year, I think there's been uh, there's been huge huge uh, improvement there from a from a Galway perspective. 
you reckon Henry Shefflin sticks around, or do you think maybe he might get uh, a few phone calls from uh, Kilkenny? Maybe he might go up there. What are you thinking? Uh, I, I don't know, really. Like, I, I hear he's being gay paid very well uh, from the Supermax sponsors, so that could sway it <laughs> in his direction, uh, Steve Kilkenny. But, um, yeah, it, it would be enticing, really. Um, I, I, just, I just thought, like, he was... Last year, he was just waiting for Brian Cody to retire, and then he retires, and he's already built a team with Galway. So he's in a bit of a limbo now. Um, personally, I think he should do what Liam Cahill did with Watford last season. I think he should stay with uh, Galway, even though he has missed the boat. He will get the Kilkenny job, definitely, uh, further on down the road. He's still his time. Like he, He's a young manager in this day and age. But um, I, I still think, well, Michael Finley's quit awfully, maybe... Maybe Eddie, Eddie Brennan or Henry or Michael Finley's playing something in the background. We don't know, but um, but honestly, I think he should stick with Galway. He definitely should because uh, he's been the team already. He's got them to a stage where they could, could compete with Limerick and Kilkenny and all them teams. So um, yeah, I still think he should stick with Galway. That's probably ethically right. If he does go to Kilkenny, though, would, it probably wouldn't surprise me because it's his dream job. He would have been waiting for that for a long time. But honestly, I don't think he should leave this Galway job because the way he's developed this Galway team, I think he should keep going. Uh, do do what Liam Cahill did last year. Did eventually, when the time is right after that, go to Kilkenny after that. But um, yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if he goes to Kilkenny, but I think he should stick with Galway personally. Yeah, I'd agree as well. I think I think you know that, that job's always going to be there for him, I, I think, in my opinion. You know, I think the, he's a Kilkenny legend. True and true. Like, even if it doesn't work out with Galway, I, I could still see Kilkenny looking at it and thinking, well, he knows Kilkenny Hurling better than anyone, you know, and that Galway job, it's his first job, so he's probably able to make a couple of mistakes sort of uh, in, early on. But speaking of Kilkenny, they're obviously next on the list. Um, Obviously getting to the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final, producing a, a, an unbelievable display against Limerick, scoring 226. They obviously uh, won the Leinster Championship as well. Like, I've gone for an A, which for a Kilkenny side that hasn't won the All-Ireland feels a little bit off because we look at Kilkenny as this team that have such a his history of winning All-Irelands and, you know, the, the sort of mini famine that they're on now is is going to, what, eight years come next July if they don't win it then. So, I mean, and obviously you now have Brian Cody stepping away, but at the same time, not many gave Kilkenny a chance at the, at the start of the year and... Like that performance against Limerick was was unbelievable. It was, yeah. And uh, coincidentally, I'd actually give him an A as well. And uh, look at Kilkenny's support down through the years. They wouldn't be happy with that. Brian Cody wasn't happy at the end of the order of final after losing. And uh, wishing him all the best in his retirements. What a servant he's been to Intercounty Hurling. What a man, what a legend. But uh, it'd be tough for act to follow though for Kilkenny, uh, who who will come in. Eddie Brennan looks... Uh, pretty prone to get that job. Michael Fenley's quit awfully, so it'll be interesting to see there. But when you, when you look at Kilkenny, even at the end of last year, I was taking you after the Cork game. That's honestly one of the worst Kilkenny teams I've ever seen. Like And, that, and um, a poor enough Cork team got over the line against Kilkenny. And I was thinking, where are they going to go from here? Brian Cody, I think he's quite, I thought he was tarnishing his legacy a small bit at the end of last year. But then he comes back this year and reaches an all the final. And on it, Um, in my words, actually, 
In um, in my GA Statsman Awards, actually, I actually gave Brian Cody manager of the year, and probably I'd stick by that because what he did with that Kilkenny team after the 2021 campaign, when no one expected them really to reach the other or the final, I think it's no short of remarkable. This is a Kilkenny team in transition, and Brian Cody brought them really to the pinnacle, and they could have beaten Limerick by any other day. Like it was a case of what more could they have done to win the All-Ireland? Because that Limerick team was just superb. They could do anything about Limerick's performance. They performed to their best of their ability. So I definitely give them an A. They've won Leinster. They got pretty close to Limerick. I think it was um, nearly mission accomplished. They nearly did it, but not quite. But I think Brian Cody has left this Kilkenny team in a very good state. And the manager following up will have will have not a big, big job in his hands now as last year, because the team has progressed and they know what, what it's like to get to an order of the final and to challenge Limerick. So I think the team is in, good, in a very good state. What were your thoughts on uh, Brian Cody retiring? Obviously uh, a legend of the of the GEA, the, the best manager of all time, in my opinion, in, in Gaelic Games history. The, the GOAT of Gaelic Games, you could very much call that. But I suppose what were your thoughts on the on the retirements? Like, personally, I thought he would have stuck it out for, a, for another season, you know, because I think Kilkenny aren't too far away potentially winning a, an All-Ireland and I think if if there was a, a slip up from Limerick as unlikely as that sounds I feel like Kilkenny might be the team that are best placed to potentially capitalise on that but what were your thoughts on, on Cody's retirement? Yeah it's a strange one I, I thought he'd stay on I definitely thought he'd stay on even the reaction after the order of it was discussed really at losing to Limerick despite the brilliant performance from Kilkenny I was thinking He's over for revenge next year. He's definitely going to stay. And even when the rumours were circulated during the week from a, a certain tweet or something, roads on the street, I was just like, how can I believe this? Because it, it happens nearly every year. Brian Cody says, oh, um, or someone tweets, Brian Cody's going to leave. This is his time. And then it doesn't happen. And I was thinking this will be going around the same lines. But then when the news officially broke out, I was just in shock. I really was in shock. I know he's 68 years of age, but I thought there was a lot more to give for Brian Cody. And uh, look, I, I don't, he didn't necessarily win an All-Ireland at the end. Like that Liberty team was superb. But as I said previously, he's left that Kilkenny team in a great state. They have young players coming through. They have great players of the under-20 team that won the All-Ireland, let's not forget, against Limerick. They performed very, very well in the All-Ireland final. It was a case of what more could they have done to win it. So I think he's left him in a very good state. It was just shock when he left. It really was shock. And he always came a hurling nothing. He's given us um, that great Kilkenny team in the, the late 2000s. And um, he's he's brought the game to a whole new level. That Kilkenny team will never be forgotten. What a team it was. And to go on the way he did for 24 years of management. What a superb achievement. That You don't know how he dedicates all his time hurling. I don't know what how his wife feels in this, but you know, um he will get the relaxation now and uh, he'll have to put the feet up now finally after 24 years. It's incredible. But um best look in uh, his re- retirement <coughs> anyway. And as regards to the news, I was in total shock. I think you were in shock, Aaron, and I think the whole GA community was in total shock. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was it was one of them, like when it happened when when you heard the news, it was kind of like, oh, it's it's actually happened, you know, because that's been the discussion for the last like geez, as far back as 2013. I remember even when Claire or when Kilkenny lost, I think it was the Cork, I think maybe in a or I remember they lost in the in the qualifiers 
And I remember like he was being interviewed after and there was so many rumors floating around that maybe Brian Cody was going to step away then. You know, like that was nine years ago. Like, so it's it's kind of been happening nearly every every year. Like when when they won the All Ireland in, in twenty sixteen or sorry twenty fifteen, you're thinking, geez, maybe he might step away now. Like maybe now is a good time to to step away. So it, it is kind of mad. Like it, it was one. It, it kind of reminded me a bit of when Alex Ferguson left Sir Alex Ferguson, I should say, left Manchester United. It was kind of like. Jesus, that's it's actually official. Do you know that way? Like it's not this isn't rumors, you know, it's actually happened. So um yeah, kinda of, kinda of mad really. It's gonna be interesting to see what he does next as well. Like, does he go into punditry? Um, maybe unlikely. He is very, very private. You know, is he gonna write a book? I don't know. Like, I'm sure that would make, you know, it probably be one of the best selling GA books of all time. Um, but then again, he's done none of that up till now. So it's kind of it's hard to know what he what he does do next. He probably just we're just going to relax and, and do nothing really like all of us <laughs> exactly exactly that's the way but um as i, as I mentioned there he wouldn't have the time really in 24 years take that into consideration as well he wouldn't have time to write a book he wouldn't have time to dig, deal with the media or such i honestly don't think i'd agree with you he isn't the sort of media person he won't go on the sunday game in my opinion so yeah i'd say definitely write a book and i'd definitely buy it definitely um he's <coughs> just the legend of the game and uh, yeah, he deserves that recognition and definitely deserves that tribute, really. Uh, what a manager he was. Maybe he'll make an RT documentary at Christmas. Maybe, you know. So um, best of luck to whatever he does anyway. But um, whatever he does, I think everyone will tune into a documentary or read a book or whatever. Um, if he goes into poetry, it'd be very interesting to see if he has any opinions on Davy Fitz or whatever. If Davy Fitz and Brian Cody were the same pundit chairs, that would be interesting. That would be very yeah. interesting, though. It, like, like it'd be like football in old days with Joe Brady, Pax Milan, and uh, Colin Burrow bickering. This time, we have Cody Fitzgerald and uh, Fjord as well. Bring Lugnan back, and you have the dream team. You know, so um, that would be very interesting to see that. And, uh, yeah, make it happen, RT. I definitely, it'll bring up the viewers, definitely. And uh, you'll get a lot more plaudits over this if you get Brian Cody and Jor back in the chair. Yeah, no, he's gonna be he's gonna be highly sought after. Make, make make no mistake that no make make no mistake about that from from RTE, from Sky, from from everywhere. And if you did have him, Davy Fitz and Liam Sheedy as well, like let's not forget, there's a bit of a rivalry between them two down the years. Like it would be, uh, it would be very it would be very interesting to to listen to anyway. Like even if they did a podcast or something like that, like it'd be it'd be very very fascinating. But I suppose moving on, we have Leash and. Uh, Obviously, very disappointing year from a, a leash perspective. They were relegated down to the, the Joe McDonough Cup, I suppose, producing the, the great escape the last couple of seasons. But their luck has ran out, and there was a few okay performances in there. I thought they'd done well enough against Dublin, although Dublin were fairly poor in that game. And then, obviously, losing to Westmead in that relegation decider when they'd sort of got the better of Westmead in the last couple of seasons. So, um, what have been your thoughts on, on leash this year? Honestly, Aaron, it's a it's an outright F really for Leash. I know Cheddar Plunkett came in, he tried to pick up the pieces and all that, but look, with the players Leash have, Paddy Purcell, Ross King, they should be doing a lot better. And especially the fact they got hammered by Westmead in the last game, that really put the nail in the coffin for Leash. And uh, we were thinking, look, Leash were performing very, very poorly um, throughout the two years, really. And uh, we were thinking... They're going to put their act together against Westmead when the time is right. 
and they just didn't. They didn't turn up whatsoever. And uh, the relegation, and to be honest, like against Antrim last year, they kind of got lucky um, to a certain extent. So, look, they, they got the just desserts at the end. They got relegated and deservedly. So, um, I don't know, is this a bit harsh for Leash fans? But, look, for me, it's a definite F because of the way they performed this year as well as the way they got relegated as well, getting hammered to West Bead, a team that would be on the same trajectory as them. Yeah, like I, I do have a D here for for Leash. Like I think it's one of them, in my opinion, where they, they like I do think they've good players. Like they, you know, obviously Stephen Picky Mar is a great, great hurler. Patrick Purcell is obviously very, very good. But it's one of them where I just don't know like what the expectation is from a from a Leash perspective, and it's probably similar with Westmead as well. Although Westmead have certainly made strides, and you know, you see this with a lot of teams that come up to the the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship in their first season. You know, like they're they're very competitive. They're up for it. You know, they're they're fighting for everything. But I feel like as time goes on, the confidence kind of gets waned out of sides because they're getting absolutely trashed week on week. And I think the belief just goes for for a lot of teams. Like when Carlo came up to the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, I remember they gave a lot of very very good displays, and they got relegated and haven't been able to come back. Antrim at the start of the league, I remember last year looked very very good. But as time went on, you know, they, they sort of faded quite a bit as well. So. It's one of them things, in my opinion, with Leash, where you know they, they, it's probably a good thing, actually, in my opinion, they go down to the Joe McDonough because I think they can rebuild. I think it'll be good for the supporters as well. You know, I think they'll be there, thereabouts in the in the Joe McDonough next year. Make no mistake about that. And look, you know, you've seen what happened the last time they they won the Joe McDonough Cup. They they went on and beat Dublin, got themselves to an All Ireland quarter final. So you know, I don't think all is lost. Like they've a couple of good underage players coming through uh, at, at the minute as well. There is one player who's who's gone out of my head right now who I know has done very, very well at under 20 level the last couple of seasons. A lot of hype around him. But yeah, like I suppose all in all for Leash, it's it has been a disappointing year, though. Make no mistake about that. Ah, it has been, yeah. And um look, I know it is harsh, and I could see your point of view of a D for Leash, but just the way they got relegated against Westmead, like you know, it was it was very, very disappointing for them. You would have thought there'd be a performance there for Leash, but you say they'll do well in the Joe McDonald Cup. I'm not so sure, to be honest. Like you have Offaly there who'd be have a pet in their step, Carlo who are improving with Chris Nolan and um, Martin Mouse Cavan and the team. Kerry, if Stephen Balumpy stays around, he's building a team. So them teams will be well up for us. I'm not sure Leash like it. Like after the last few years, the highs of the last few years, it's quite hard to raise their uh, game again, if you know what I mean. You look at Paddy Purcell, you look at uh, Ross King, Steve Picky Bar, in fairness, is a new player now, but them two in particular, King and uh, Purcell, like they've kind of reached the top. It's kind of like um, when you think about it, uh, Carlo, a few years in the football, um, a few teams at Hurley, maybe Antrim in the league to a certain extent as well. They've reached the, as far as they can go, and then. Oh, it's lost after that. So, um, yeah, you'd have to. We'll have to see about Leash, but honestly, it's an early prediction, though. But I think they could struggle in the Joe McDonald Cup next year. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point of view. Like, I I, I think they they still have enough to to be up there. I think a lot depends maybe on 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 Offaly, maybe who who comes in there as as manager, and then as well, I think you're you're looking at um. Uh, Kerry and, and and I'm sure they won't be too far away. Carlo had a had a strong enough finished last season but James Duggan was actually the player I was thinking of there and he's he's a highly talented player coming through the ranks there at Leash at the minute so maybe with him on board next season he could be you know a, a very very good player but 
Moving on from that, we have Westmead, and we were speaking there, obviously, about Leash getting uh, getting relegated, obviously losing to Westmead. Westmead's first season in the, the Leinster Senior Hurling Championships will be there again next year. I think a very good season for Westmead. I mean, it wasn't the, the best league campaign by, by any standards, but in the Leinster Championship itself, I mean, some very, very good performances. They drew at Wexford, which was extraordinary you know they they and like they gave Kilkenny a fair rattle as well for about 50 odd minutes so um I think all in all like a, a very good season from a Westmead point of view I think an excellent season and even in the league they got promoted they, they did as much as they could really they got promoted from the division two way so oh, um, oh yeah sorry actually I was so, thinking of last season now <laughs> geez trying to trying to don't play your friends in Westmead Aaron <laughs> yeah yeah I'll have to have to give some stick back after all the, the stick I get about Dublin you know so <laughs> release your anger that's the main thing right? uh, that's the main thing but um, honestly uh, yeah I, I, I'd have to give Westmead today they've been absolutely superb uh, Joe Fortune the only downside really was him having a go at Buff Egan uh, during the Kerry game, uh, if you see these stories or whatever, but um, saying, oh, you don't belong in the hurling game or whatever. But um, other than that, Joe Farty's done an unbelievable job at Westbeach. He's done an absolutely outstanding job. And the result against Wexford, what it, it kind of showed, like we had a discussion maybe match week two or match week three on your on your podcast, that um, these sorts of games involving Leash and Westmead were kind of meaningless. Westmead proved against Wexford that these are meaningless games and they performed absolutely outstanding. And the only game they performed pretty poorly was the Galway game. They put it up to Kilkenny, they put it up to Dublin, and against Wexford, they got a point and they hammered Leash. I know Leash were poor, but Westmead were superb in that game as well. And Killy Doyle was one of the top scorers in the championship with, I think, 57 points overall. Superb tally from him. Noel Mitchell was very good. Uh, so. Uh, Tommy Doyle at full back. Like, they have some excellent players at Westbeach and they, they did absolutely outstanding. You look at uh, David Glennon as well, the former Galway player, excellent as well. He had a hat trick in the league final against Down as well. So, um, very mm. good season for Westbeach, excellent performance. And I give him a day. I know they only got three points, but you have to take into account they're only promoted from the Joe Batola Cup and only been in Division 2A for the last few years as well. So, outstanding from Westmead. Yeah, I've gone for an A as well. I think after their performances in the Leinster Championship, getting a, a draw against Wexford, like I think, you know, you can't really, and as he said, they were actually promoted. I was thinking back to, to 2020, but um, they're obviously promoted from the from the league as well. So, yeah, faultless season, and, and, and you can't really disagree with that. Plenty of comments flying in here, so uh, much appreciated. Kieran says, Tyrone, A, surely. Yeah, like obviously won the Nicky Rackard Cup, so, I mean, you can't, you can't disagree with disagree with that. We will only be grading the 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 senior sides from the the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship and the Joe McDonough Cup as well because I, just the knowledge unfortunately just isn't there really when you start kind of going below Christy Ring in my opinion anyway unfortunately. But yeah, you can't disagree. Like they won the the Nicky Rackard Cup, so it is a hundred percent a Porter Porter says missed the start. What grade did uh, the Tip Hurling get? We will get on to that um, in, a, in a brief moment of time when we go through the, the Munster teams. But speaking of Wexford, they obviously drew with, with Westmead in that game. And, you know, a, a weird sort of season as well. Like, got to the league semi-finals, looked all right. At different times, obviously, Dara Egan coming in, his first uh, season in charge of, of Wexford. Um, they obviously go and, and beat Kilkenny in Nolan Park, which was a huge result, a result that very much 
surprised everyone, um, you know, and they gave Clare a fair rattle as well in that quarterfinal game. So, you know, like Wexford did actually improve a bit from, from last season under Davey Fitz. So what were your thoughts on Wexford this year? Yeah, I thought they played pretty well. When you look at it, like against Clare in the quarterfinal, they could have easily won that game. And we were thinking, with about, say, 10 minutes or so to go, Wexford are going to be in all the semi-final after drawing to Westmead. Maybe at some stage we do have to credit Westmead because of the way they played uh, against Wexford. And uh, uh, Gary Dorn for the Wexford podcast actually mentioned that uh, their last goal, Westmead's last goal, I think scored by Derek McNicholas, was in fact a square ball. So um, maybe Wexford were kind of unlucky there. Not using excuses for Wexford at all, like drawing against Westmead is is really a bit of a disgrace, really, for Wexford Hurling. But at the same time, they beat Kilkenny in Nolan Park. Superb achievement for them. Uh, they trashed Kerry. They did well in the league, as you mentioned there. Against Dublin, on another day, they could have won that game. So um, it might seem overboard here, but I'd actually give them a B. I know they, they, did, they performed poorly against Westmead. They lost to Dublin. Uh, they drew against Galway when not performing particularly well. But at the same time, they performed excellent against Kilkenny. They performed excellent against Clare. They beat Limerick in the league. Those were all Ireland's to be finalists, you know. So, um, Wexford aren't too far. And the job Darry Egan had after David Fitz kind of left Wexford on a sore note last year. He did absolutely brilliant to, you know, galvanise these players. And Lee Chin had an outstanding year, to be fair to him. Conor McDonald played well in some games. Oshie Pepper coming through the ranks as well. They have nice young players coming through. That's the main thing for this Wexford team. So, um, yeah, I'd give him a B. Um, most people would probably give him a C, but I'd be sticking with my B because of their performances against Clare and Kilkenny. Yeah, I'd be going with a C. Like, I know they did get that result against Kilkenny, which was a huge, huge win. But, like, yeah, like, I think it was a good season, but it was probably, like, you know, getting to a quarterfinal of the All-Ireland's probably something that, you know, they would have expected, probably, give or take, you know. I think once you get into that top three, a quarterfinal, like, you're in the quarterfinals then, so... You know, the only teams they had to worry about was was Dublin, really. Like, and obviously they lost to Dublin, fair enough. But you know, like to win in Kilkenny and, and get that result was was absolutely massive. Make no mistake about that. Moving on to the Munster Senior Hurling Championship, Championship. Then we'll start off with uh, your own county, Cork, uh, beaten in the the quarterfinals. Much like Wexford, obviously losing to to Galway, played well in in that game. It's a weird one with Cork. Like, got to the the league final as well, but they were absolutely trashed. Um, they've had some good performances. Like started the the round robin in Munster very badly, but then recovered brilliantly. Um, they've obviously got a, a new manager coming in now, and in, in Pat Ryan. So, yeah, what were your, your thoughts on Cork this year? Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one to judge because the start of the round robin, as you said, was was awful performances. Like Clare could have even beat us out of the gate, really, in the second game. Limerick were much the better team against us. We could have no complaints. And uh, yeah, the only real, real good point really in Cork season, when you look at the grand scheme of things, was the Watford game. That was an unexpected win in Walsh Park. Tipperary game, honestly, we'll get out to Tipperary in a minute, but I don't know where that tip team is going. It was an absolute shambles this year. So it was kind of expected Cork would beat them anyway. Um, personally, I'll give him his C, edging towards maybe C or D with this Cork team, because as you all already know, as everyone knows in the game of hurling, Cork's expectation is so high, so, so high, especially after winning 30 All-Irelands, you know, and uh, to go out the way we did against Galway, we were, we were the better team, and as Anna Geary mentioned on the Sunday game at halftime, we missed 2-11 of chances, 
Like at this level, that's not good enough. It's not good enough for a car team uh, to have that scoring rate. And um, yeah, hopefully Pat Ryan turns around. I think he will. I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, he won the under 20s two years running. He's done excellent uh, work with Sarsfield. And he will get a lot out of these players. And there's, there's no messing with this guy. He's like Keith Rickon in um, football. Unfortunately, Keith had to step down. But he's kind of like a Keith Rickon or John Cleary in football. He takes no messing. He will get stuck into the players. So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be optimistic for the future with him in charge. But for now, I'd give him a C. Maybe that's being nice. Uh, maybe me being biased as a Cork Corny fan. Maybe it's easily a D because of the way we played against Limerick and Clare. But, look, that performance against Watford and our performances mostly, most of the time in the league edged it towards the C slightly. Yeah, I've gone for a C as well, but it is a hard one, all right. Like it's it's kind of one of them where it's not cut and trout, like in in some ways because you know, like they had some very bad performances, like but they also had some very good performances. You know, like obviously getting the the result against Tipperary right at the end, beating Waterford as well, which is a, a huge victory considering um you know considering how good Waterford looked at, at that moment in time. Um, Kean says here, are you going to do Carlo? Yeah, we will be discussing Carlo from the, the John McDonough um, in a little period of time. Or Lally says D for Cork. Um, and what are your thoughts? Obviously, like you've seen Liam Sheedy's comments there as well, where he was saying like there is an All Ireland in this team and they're very good players. Like, what do you think? Like, there is good underage structure there. Like, he obviously won the under twenty All Ireland in uh, in what twenty twenty one. So, do you know, like there is a lot of good players coming through, a lot of good young talent. You know, a lot of very seasoned veterans in the side already, like Patrick Horg and Dara Fitzgibbon. But what do you think? Is there an All-Ireland in this Cork team in the next couple of years? I'll have to be frankly honest, Aaron. I, ho- I, I wish I could say yes, but honestly, no. I, I don't see it. Not at this moment in time, no. I do think Pat Ryan will change things in the dressing room, the mentality in the dressing room with this team. But right now, with this group of players, with the quality at our Cork Senior Hurling Championship, I watched the game there between Sars and the Rockies and before that, Glenn and Aaron's own. And the quality compared to Limerick or even the Dublin Hurling Championship or the Tip Hurling Championship is way off. Way off. So that's your starting point. The quality isn't there for the the punters to see. There is some quality. Like Alan Connolly is a decent player. Hoggy, I think, is stepping, is um, is going way too, too far at his career, though. I think it's time to him maybe take a bench role. Lots of people arguing even Harker should start. He's 34. Like, a lot of people are saying he should start. If that's the mindset from car fans, there's no other than this team. Simply. Like, we have to believe in the likes of Alan Connolly, though. We have to believe in the youngsters coming through. And, they're, and like, if they... If they don't believe that the youngsters starting out above a 34-year-old, I mean, where are we going? You know? So, um, I just think Limerick are far ahead of us. Kilkenny, Tip will improve under Liam Cahill. Watford are bound to improve next year if they get a bounce off a new manager. Clare are constantly improving. Galway have a new team now in Henry Shefflin. So, it'll be so hard for Cork to win an honour in the next few years. And hopefully, Pat Ryan changes things. I think he will. The mentality of the dress room, the strength and conditioning. Uh, the skill level as well, because the skill level in the Corley Championship especially is way off, considering um, when you look at Limerick, for example, Clare Hurling Championship, Dublin Hurling Championship, those championships are way ahead of Cork at the moment. That's the worrying thing. Pat Ryan, I think, will change things, but for the next two, three years, I don't think there's another. I think Kilkenny and Limerick should share between those, because they're way ahead of us at the moment. 
Yeah, Orlali says, I don't think we're anywhere near in All-Ireland, to be honest. Limerick, Kilkenny, Clare, top three. Yeah, you would, ha- you would have to say that at this moment in time, uh, especially after looking at last season. Uh, Porter Porter says, very good analysis. Is it 18 years and counting for Cork? Yeah, yeah not that anyone's counting, but um, yeah, 18 years, the longest drought actually Cork have ever been on um, in terms of not winning the, the Lee McCarthy, which is, I suppose, kind of crazy really, isn't it? Ah, it is, yeah. And uh, even even the performance against Calway, I know we seemed like the better team, but the way we threw it away, you know, with needless, needless wides. And you have to think, like, I know we won 220s in a row, but you have to question where them young players going. Like, I think if I was chatting to a few people in the past few weeks, Brian Turnbull, where's he gone? Shane O'Regan, you know, these types of players that were supposed to be board beaters in the next few years, and they're gone off the scene completely. Um, your man Evan Sheehan from the Pearshig as well is another example excellent player at club level at times and at underage yet where has he gone you know so there is the question where are these young players gone that's probably down to the coaching in Cork I think Pat Ryan will fix that but Kieran Kingston while he was a nice guy but I, I have no disrespect to Kieran Kingston he had his heart and soul at the Cork hurling but honestly he didn't get much out of them players and it, there was no like drive within that dressing room. And I think there will be under Pat Ryan. That'll be the interesting thing that will happen next year. But under Kieran Kingston and under John Moyler in the past few years, there's been none of that. When you compare it with Henry Shefflin, like even I was talking to, I, I forget who I was talking to though, but even look at Buff Egan's story, the comparison between Henry Shefflin on the sideline and Kieran Kingston, it's huge because Henry was just, Galvanize his team completely, and Kieran ha- arms folded on the sideline, just just helpless, you know. So, you know that culture has to go out of Cork as well for us to win the All Ireland. If it doesn't go, we're way off. Simply, we're way off. Yeah, and I suppose another team that's uh, that, that's obviously chasing an All Ireland. Obviously, they won one last in, in 2013, but it's Clare, and I mean, very good season for Clare. It must be said. Um, obviously, getting to a, a Munster final getting to the All-Ireland semi-finals as well. Like, obviously ended on a bit of a sour note, having lost to Kilkenny in the way that they did. But, you know, I do think all in all, it has been a, a very, very good season from a from a clear perspective. Like, you know, you obviously, we all know the, the talent levels of, of Tony Kelly. But then, you know, Shane O'Donnell looked very, very good this year. One of his best seasons and, you know, potentially since Clare's All-Ireland win in 2013. You know, lots of very good players coming through, the likes of Mark Rogers as well. So, a lot of you know room for for optimism for for Clare at the minute, even despite that loss against Kilkenny. I suppose so, but um, geez, the last two performances even against Wexford as well in the quarter final, they were very poor, and Wexford could have easily won that game. Clare started to only show up in the last ten minutes, like so. I know they performed pretty well in the Munster Championship, and not many people, I think only myself and yourself, Aaron, actually predicted Clare would get out of the group. Like lots of people were actually predicting them to finish fourth or fifth, and uh, despite the quality of players they have, despite the quality that Brian Lowen uh, possesses as a manager, it's it's a hard one again because of the way they performed in the last two games. A lot of people are predicting a B, but because a lot of people at the start of those people at the start of the season were saying they wouldn't get out of the monster group, I give them an A because of the way they you know, stuck with Limerick throughout um, the 90 minutes, it, that's including extra time as well, throughout the game. And that was that was an outstanding feat in itself for Clare. It topped the Munster Hurling Group. Most people forget that as well. So 
an outstanding achievement in the Munster Championship. In the All-Ireland Series, they weren't that great. But look, they'll move on next year. They will perform again. And Brian Lowen, again, is building a strong base there with Clare. So I'll give him a bit. Maybe it's a bit too nice for Clare. A lot of people will be saying a B. But uh, because of their Munster alone, I'd probably give him an A. Because of the way people rated them at the start of the year. Yeah, I go with a B. Like, I, I, I do think when you look at the, the performance versus Kilkenny and, and obviously the Wexford performance as well, I do think it brings it down. Um, but but all in all, absolutely. Like I like as as you said, like it's one of those things. It's all subjective because at the start of the season, there would have been a lot of people that wouldn't have rated Clare so highly. But I've I and, and yourself as well. Like I've always seen a lot of talent in this Clare team because first of all, when you've got a player like Tony Kelly in your ranks, like I mean, it gives you just that extra five to ten percent that other teams don't have. And Johnny, you start getting more from Shane O'Donnell, Davy Fitzgerald in around the middle as well. Do you know, like they've they've a very very good side. So um, I'd go to B personally, but um, but yeah, Keen says Davy Fitz going to have an unreal season next year, um, and Shane says uh, B plus or A minus if that's allowed. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's no uh, there's no rules here or anything like that. So uh, that that's perfectly fine. But um, but yeah, moving on, we've Limerick. I mean, this is an easy one, really. It's definitely an A. You win the All Ireland, the Campiani complaints about that and as we've said on previous podcasts before like I mean Limerick had to do this the hardest way possible I mean they they played Kilkenny when they played at their absolute best I mean they played Galway who you know probably give one of their best performances of the season they, they played Waterford when they were still you know really really up for it and were sort of in really good form at that moment in time so you know A plus whatever is above A I think you, you have to give it to Limerick yeah Exactly. Uh, what else can you give them? Like, um, it's kind of expected um, that Limerick will win the other end each year. It's kind of like uh, when we were um, grading Dublin, I think, in 2020, or was it Patrick on that video? It's, it's kind of difficult because they've kind of reached the pinnacle nearly every year. And, um, like, a lot of people like would say, oh, they're in line with expectations, so we'll give them a C. But you just can't endorse A, simple as. Um, they were absolutely outstanding. As you mentioned there, they were put to the pin their collar against Galway against Kilkenny, against Clare, against Watford when those two goals went in for Watford, they still found a way to win it. Like, when you look at the whole season, only the Cork game was pretty comprehensive victory for them. Even Tipperary put it up to them in the last 10 minutes. They were leading going into the last 10 minutes. And Limerick still pulled it out of the bag. Like, like you know, that shows the sign of a great team. And even players like Garrett Hagerty, for example, wasn't having his best year. And then the final, he pops up with his hole of 1-5. You know, that's the team Limerick are. That's the standards John Coyley sets. And they've been an outstanding team over the past few years. Paul Knorrick doing a lot of work in the background as well. So uh, this Limerick team is not going away. They might even win uh, six in a row. Um, hold on to your horses there, Aaron. Um, they're coming for your record there. They're going for the six in a row. I'm not sure would you want that, but um, they're going for it. They're on the right road for it. And it's an undoubted day for Limerick. Absolutely superb team. What else can you say? Yeah, I mean, and I've I've enjoyed Limerick's success. To be fair, like winning the the three All Irelands, and you know, like as a as a Dublin man, I, I, you know, I don't like seeing Kilkenny being too successful because they dominated through you know my childhood and you know most my life. So it's nice seeing a different team coming along and being successful. But as you said there, like it might be time to you know start putting a, another jersey on, like especially when Dublin get knocked out. Like you know, whoever Limerick are going up against, I might need to start to start supporting them because. As you said there, like going for, 
like they've won three in a row, they've won four in the last five. You know, you think if they didn't have that defeat to Kilkenny, they 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 they'd have done the five in a row. Like so, it's they're getting very very close. Look, it will be tough because there's a lot of very very good sides in in hurling, as we know, and you'd expect Waterford to regroup. Liam Cattle, obviously, there under Tipperary next year is going to be very very interesting, which we'll obviously discuss a little bit later. Um, you know, Wexford will improve. Kilkenny with a new manager. Like, there's a lot of variables there. But what do you think? Could Limerick be be on track to potentially? dominate and and do you think they will you know outdo the dubs and potentially win more than six in a row i mean it sounds crazy because it's a there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then but they definitely are on track at the minute anyway i'm sure you want my answer aaron to be no because uh that's the thing dublin have to keep them going keep them ticking but um look uh yeah I, i'd say they're on the road for um they just have the strength conditioning like the way they keep going to the final whistle as well. And Garrod Hagerty, that point epitomized us in the, the final as well. When there was there seemed to be the legs seem to be have gone out of that Limerick team and he still pops up with an outrageous score. That's Limerick. That's an outstanding team right there. And I honestly think they will go for the six of a row. Look, when you look at the teams on Kilkenny, if Brian Cody stayed with Kilkenny, I think the that um record would have been under threat because Cody would have had the determination. But no, I just think this Limber team, the sky's the limit for them. They have an outstanding base. John Coyle is an excellent coach. They're probably the best team, uh, player for player, all over the field. Licky Quaid, will he go on ages? And, you know, a goalkeeper can. Sean Finn is the most consistent player. Barry Nash is improving year and year and year, and he will improve again next year. Mike Casey's coming full back. That's absolutely colossal. Like, even the defences with Dermot Burns, Aaron Gallant's scoring record from playing every game this year, superb. Uh, Seamus Flanagan. And to think, they, did, they went um, through this run in the All-Ireland without a two-time player of the year. You know, that's yeah. that just shows you the strength and depth of this Limerick team. And I would just think, the sky's the limit for them. They're going to, they're, by prediction, they're going to win the six in a row. They're just an outstanding team. It's hard to look past them. They're, they're just outstanding from first to 15th player. And even the players coming on, Connor Boyle and David Reedy um, coming on to the pitch. Kyle Hayes can play anywhere. This team is absolutely unreal and will be there for a long period of time. So strap yourselves in, lads. It's going to be a period of Limerick dominance. Yeah, Orl Ali says, imagine if someone said this would happen back in 2016-17. In yeah, absolutely mad. Like, I remember... Not to rub it in or anything, but I remember Dublin beating Limerick. I think it was in 2015 or 2016 in the qualifiers, you know, and the likes of Dan Morrissey were playing that day. Shane Dowland were playing, you know, so a lot of the players were playing that day. Um, and you even think back, like John Coyley's first season in in 2017, they didn't win a championship game. They lost both championship games that they were in, obviously because there was no round robin. Like so, you know, it is kind of mad. It shows it shows what can happen if you back your manager. If you get behind it, if you have a process, right, year one, fair enough, it didn't work. Like, you have a lot of man, a lot of county boards now that are pulling triggers on managers after one year. And, you know, obviously you think of, of Colm Bonner, which, you know, we'll obviously get onto a little bit later. But Dylan also says here, the Limerick Curlers is like Dublin footballers in the 10s winning 2013, falling short of Donegal in 2014, and then the six in a row happened. But I think Clare or Galway can beat Limerick. They were close and... um yeah, Orlali says Hurling was so competitive until Limerick came along. Now it's like football when Dublin were dominating. And yeah, like with this Limerick side, like 
what impresses me as well is we know the, the talent levels are there, but it's that mental aspect of them. I think that's very underrated. Like when the going gets tough, much like the dubs, you know, there was plenty of times when Dublin put in poor performances. You know, the 2016 all Ireland final drawn game always stands out for me. 2015, we were fairly dreadful against Kerry. Both teams were pretty poor that day, but found a way. And, and, the, and the good teams, the great teams in any sport, really, you know, they're the best athletes, they find a way to pull through. And it's not just because of talent levels, it's also because of the mentality. And I think Limerick have that in absolute abundance, in, in my opinion. Uh, they do, yeah. They're, they're just an outstanding team, even 1-15. to 15, The skill level, the strength of good issue. Like, the thing is, the Kilkenny throws into the team. Like, I was talking to, I think it was Seamus Brady on a, either my own podcast or his podcast off-air, actually. Who would win? The Kilkenny team in the 2000s under Cody or Limerick? Like, it's different eras, but at the same time, just Limerick, the strength of them throughout the field, the strength and conditioning, skill level, I think they're equal. But strength and conditioning, Limerick would win it hands down because of the way the game's developed. They're, they're just an outstanding team. And another interesting point as well, Kilkenny kind of had it easy around that period because Kilkenny were the only great team around and maybe Tipperary as well. When you look at Limerick, you have Clare, you have Galway, Cork on their day, that's the thing on their day. Kilkenny, uh, Watford on their day as well. You have a few teams there. And Limerick still put them to the sore time and time again. Even with O.K. Lynch starting in the team, even when he's injured. You know, they, this team has so much gears to go up on. It's going to be a mystery when they'll finish, but um, they've they've been an outstanding team. And uh, I'll be interested to see your thoughts, Aaron. Would Kilkenny in the closest win or this Limerick team currently? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very, very interesting question, isn't it? Like, I mean... See, the thing is, the game has changed quite a lot, though, hasn't it? So, I mean, like, what Kilkenny were, were doing back then is completely different to what Limerick are doing now. Like, and you see, like, if you go back and look at the scores of all Ireland finals in 2005, 2006, 2007, they were far less than than what we're seeing now. Like, Kilkenny scoring 226, you know, like, like a side has never scored that and not won the All-Ireland. Like, there's been teams who scored far less in a final and won the All-Ireland. So... It's one of them things where both sides are from different eras, so it's hard, but it is an interesting one. Like with Brian Cody and his pomp and Henry Shefflin there, Eddie Brennan, you know, like TJ Carey, even if you want to go back to him, a young TJ mm-hmm. Reid, like so much talent all across the pitch with Kilkenny. It would be, uh, geez, it'd be, it'd be one hell of a spectacle. It's a bit like, you know, when people say what would happen between Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, you know, that way. Like, mm-hmm. but it's two different eras. So it's hard to really know. Do you know that way? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you see the comparisons even with uh, the Kerry 80s team under Mick O'Dwyer and the Dublin team in the 2010s. Like, it is different eras. I definitely agree with you. Like, gee, w- if you were to push um, the two 15s facing off against each other, I think Limerick would win because of the diff- the, um, the way the hurling game has developed. Like, Watford lost the final in a way to Kilkenny heavily and they only scored, I can remember this score, like, they only scored 1-9. And they scored the goal through a lucky free. So it has developed over the years and Carr performed pretty poorly against Limburg. And what did they score last year? I think it was it was 120 something anyway, I'm sure. Cork. So um, you know, that that just shows you um case in point there that the game has developed. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be very hard to um, you know, to choose. But player for player, skill-wise, you probably choose Kilkenny, but strength and conditioning-wise, you have to choose Limburg. It depends what what a person would rather really. 
in a, in a game of hurling. So I suppose it's down to people's perspectives as well. But if they were to face um, with two big teams in their full pomp, that would be some spectacle to look forward to. How much would the tickets be? It would be very high anyway, aren't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Shane says as well, I think the Kerry's 2000s team would beat the the Dublin six-in-a-row team. And I definitely think our 80s team would beat the, the six-in-a-row team. I think the 80s team, you know, probably would would, would give the, the six-in-a-row side and, and potentially could win that game. But don't know about the 2000s team personally, in, in my opinion. Like, there was a few... All of them finals that they lost and, and whatnot. Whereas Dublin really capitalised on their on their brilliance, like winning winning it six times in a row. Um, but it is it's one of those things where you could have these debates all night long about different teams from different areas and everything else. Like it is, it is kind of a, an interesting um, an interesting point of view. Tipperary, very very disappointing season from from their perspective. Lost every game in the in the Munster Championship you know fairly poor league campaign as well i think they might have got to the league semi-finals or, or maybe they didn't uh, off the top of my head but generally speaking quite a, a disappointing season from a Tipperary perspective colin bonner is obviously now gone liam cattle's coming in there as well which is fairly interesting but you know while liam cattle coming in looks good for the future and looks good for next year at the same time like Tipperary seem to be in quite the mess at the minute yeah they, they do, and even the, the end of the Cork game really summed it up. Uh, they were in the game up until, I would say, 20 minutes. And then as the game went on and on and on, you were just saying, where is this tip team going? Like, it wasn't the case of um, oh, Cork winning this monumental game of hurling or anything. Tip were just absolutely awful, you know. And um, I think the Colin Bonner decision just compounded with grade or F, simply. You could even go further. Because this year has been an utter disgrace for Tipperary. The way the way they well against Limerick and against Watford, they were pretty good. But against Clare Cork, it was at times it was comical what happened with the Tipperary defence, particularly summed up by the point the third goal, the Tibbani goal for Cork. Where was the tip defence? You know, I mean, jeez, you know, um, Liam Sheedy must have been choking his coffee looking at that. I mean, what what was that like? You, you, we were talking about Liam Sheedy not giving the young players them the credit they deserved last year, but at the same time, his teams were organized. You know, I, I don't know, was it was it the players just not listening to Colin Bonner, just wanting a mouth player power or whatever, or the tactical decisions in the background just weren't there for Tipperary this year? You know, I mean, I know there's a transitional period, but there's a way to lose again. And Tipperary lost against Clare and Cork, particularly in a really for Tipperary's um, Tipperary's standards. It was a disgraceful manner of the way they lost the games, and what happened behind the scenes as well compounded the season. I do think they'll improve under Liam Cahill next year, but for now, it's an outright if they've been absolutely for their standards for winning so many All Irelands in the past. They were All Ireland champions in 2019, let's not forget, and they were an utter disgrace this year. And Tipperary fans even. Walking, Simple Stadium looked like a ghost town during that Cork game. And you could see what happened. You could see why after what happened on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, clearly the, the buy-in wasn't there from, from, from the supporters and from the from the players. Make, not, make, make no mistake about that. Like, and it is an interesting one. Like, obviously, it's Jamie Callan, who was, who was injured for, for the whole of the round robin. But I suppose at the same time, he is getting on a bit. Like, so, you know, I don't think they can be relying too much on him to, to sort of dig them out you know, all the time, really. Um, 
And yeah, like, I mean, because you, you have obviously the McGraths who do so well at club level and you hear about them every week, but then at inter-county level, the, the same, it just doesn't quite seem to be there. There's a lot of young lads coming through. Like, they obviously won, was a back-to-back under-20 All-Ireland mm-hmm. titles as well. Do you know that way? So, like, they're a very, very good team and they've a lot of quality there, but for whatever reason, they just can't seem to, to get it right at the minute. It's a strange one, right? Because a lot of people are saying, oh, Cork at the U players. And people seem to forget Tipperary beat Cork twice in a row, two years in a row, in both the Munster Championship and the All-Ireland. So the quality is there for Tipperary. I just think the young players, and leave Sheedy's at fault for this last year as well, that they kind of brought in the young players too, too, um, too late in a way. And that, that was really the downside for Tipperary. Like, the only young player we mentioned on your podcast last year that played regular game time last year was Jake Morris. The rest of the team didn't play at all. There is some positive and Craig Morgan at cornerback is a decent player enough. But their main players just didn't step up. And you were mentioning the McGraths. I think John was injured this year. Noel, in fairness to him, tried to galvanize the team. But look, the the attitude wasn't there. Even Jason Ford performed poorly this year. Like it was all over the place. And the stuff happening behind the scenes as well. And even looking at their league form, they struggled to beat Leash. Their only big win really was against Kilkenny in the league. They lost every other big game. So they only beat, mm-hmm. they only beat one t- good team this year, and that was Kilkenny. And that was a lucky, lucky win as well. So, you know, it was, it was an awful year, really, for Tipperary. They performed well in patches against Limerick and Watford, but as an overall year, looking at it in 2022, for Tipperary standards, they were um, nothing short of a disgrace, really. Yeah, do you think Liam Cahill will get a, a tune out of those lads going into next year? And do you think Tipperary could be back up there competing and I suppose fighting at the, the highest level in both Munster Senior Hurling Championship and, and the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship as well? Like, let's not forget, you know, the, their history of winning All Ireland's. You know, they're one of the most successful teams of, of all time in terms of winning All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. So, do you think Liam Cahill could, uh, could get a tune out of those lads next year? It's a, it's a difficult one because it's kind of like um, the situation in soccer, for example, Antonio Conte with Tottenham. People say he's a miracle worker. Like, he's first year with Watford, they reached an out of the final. But with this Tipperary team, I think there's a lot of work to be done. I would think there's no better man, no mistake about it. Liam Cattle's an excellent coach. But I do think there's going to be a lot of work. He integrated these players again. And the stuff that happened behind the scenes as well, I mean, that would... Add, the quality of Munster is kind of getting better and better. Clare improving. Watford are bound to improve this year. They kind of got a, a few harsh enough breaks now this year. Cork under Pat Ryan will improve. Limerick are obviously a god of the team. So this will be hard for Tipperary next year to even get on a Munster. I think the starting point is the league. The way they integrate the players in the league. If they do that correctly, I do think Liam Cahill will do that. If they do that, that's the starting point for Tipperary. They don't necessarily have to get out of the Munster group next year, but just make progress. Don't lose as embarrassingly as he did against Clare and Cork. Just, you know, keep the margins tight to keep keep the confidence up. That's what Liam Cahill has to do next year. Get the confidence of these players up, integrate the young players, have a good league campaign, and then think about the future. But for now, next year, I think next year's a bit too soon because of the quality of teams in Munster, and they're only going to get better, in my opinion. Yeah, and then we have Waterford, I suppose, to, to wrap up with the, the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship teams. I mean, 
Difficult one with Waterford as well because it was all looking rosy in the garden. They obviously won the league. They looked absolutely brilliant and doing so. Absolutely blitzed Cork in that final. Um, beat Tipperary on the opening day out in the in the Munster Championship. Looked, you know, not at their brilliant best, but they got the victory. Performed well enough against Limerick, but ultimately, you know, faded away. And then back-to-back defeats to, to both Cork. Um, Cork and Clare and you know Clare didn't even have Tony Kelly playing that day so mm. you know very very odd one with, with Waterford, Waterford like so much hype around them you know a lot of people feeling that they were the team that was going to stop Limerick and ultimately in the end you know completely faded and dropped out of the, the Munster Championship and, and you know didn't even get to play Limerick again yeah, uh, it's amazing how a year changes we were thinking at the end of that game that thriller of a game at the Gaelic Grounds oh, we've got two more thrillers to come. And then Watford just go to the championship. Like, that Cork game was so disappointing for Watford because that was a Cork team on a low, low aid and Cork still beat them in Walsh Park. And that was very, very disappointing for Watford. Like, the grade is interesting now. Are you counting league as well as championship? Um, Well, like, I don't really know, to be honest. Like, I kind of... It's more so, I'd like more so their performance in, in total, I think, in, in 2022. But at the same time, it is a difficult one with, with Waterford because they did win the league. But then again, like the league doesn't like the league means a good bit, I think. But at the same time, if you have a bad enough championship campaign as they had, like I think it kind of cancels it out to a certain extent, in my opinion. I think it will stand to them maybe next year, like obviously getting a piece of silverware. But but yeah, you know. Mm. Um, if you're doing it, boy, it's it, it, this is a difficult one. It depends on people's perspective now. If you're doing it by championship, if if you're doing it by league as well as that, D, because you have to give them some bit of credit for winning the league as well. They were exceptional in the league. Let's not forget, I know people might have short memories over that, but they were uh, beating everybody left, right, center in the league campaign. But in the championship, just things didn't click, particularly in that Cork game, because the first two games against Tip. They turned it on for a short period of time, but they eventually won the game. Limerick, they got uh, two late goals. Today. They, they could have easily won that game if Limerick didn't push on at the end. But it was just the way they performed against Cork and Clare in the last two games, which was disappointing for them, especially against Cork after um, Cork and, um, beating left, right and centre by Limerick and Clare their first, their first two games. So that was disappointing for Watford. Austin Gleeson getting sent off, compounded that as well. Look, I'll put it this way. It, it depends on perspectives. Championships totally, it's an F if it's the whole 2022 D, simple as, because the league form was pretty good for Watford. But um, it'll be interesting to see who they get now. I was thinking Eddie Brennan, but look at Brian Cody retiring. He's going to go there now, it's a, So it'd be interesting. Would it be Derek McGrath? Would it be Davy Fitz? Davy Fitz to come back? We don't know. Yeah. Or Stephen Malumpy from Kerry. Who's to know? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all all sorts of odds maybe uh, going in there, but yeah, Brian Cody going to Waterford would be the probably the biggest plot twist of uh, of the century, really. If he if he somehow ended up in there, that would be just absolutely nuts. It'd be it'd be like Sir Alex coming out of retirement to manage Liverpool if if Klopp <laughs> went away. Do you know that way? Like it's be absolutely madness. But um, but yeah, no, obviously I don't think either of us can actually see that happening, but. But um, but yeah, I suppose moving on to the John McDonough Cup sides. Then we'll start off with uh, with Antrim. Um, obviously won the the John McDonough Cup, which was obviously massive for them. Um, 
you know, they Kerry gave them a, a fair rattle though, and you know, they, they they were certainly made to to work for it. But um, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I give Antrim an A here. Uh, undisputed, they won the Joe McDonald Cup. They did uh, enough and what they were supposed to do. And uh, yeah, they won the Joe McDonald Cup. They stayed up in Division One as well, which was a success for Antrim after the with the way they played last year. They had to stay up in Division One, regain that status. So they did that. They won the Joe McDonald Cup as well. Mission accomplished for Antrim. Uh, a and uh, yeah, they were close to Kerry, but maybe people need to give Kerry the credit they deserve as well. Because that's not really a hurling county, as we all as we all know, really. Stephen Lumphy coming in new there. So, yeah, they were put to the Pindler collar by Kerry. But at the same time, winning the Joe McDonald Cup and staying in Division 1 has to be an A for Antrim. And uh, Darren Gleeson, Scottie's delivered for them. There was a bit of worry. Would Darren Gleeson go down to Tipperary? The manager and Barry Garound were mentioning again. But now that Liam Cahill's there, they can relax now up in Antrim. He's staying put. And uh, they'll have a good crack at the Leinster Championship next season. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'd go with an A there as well. I think, look, it was obviously tough for them. You know, I mean, they obviously lost one game, obviously getting beat by, by Kerry right at the end of the league. But as we very well know, that game was was meaningless pretty much from an Antrim perspective. Won five of their six games, you know, done what was very much expected. Competitive enough, I'd say, in the league as well. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd go with an A there as well. We then have uh, Carlo. Um, interesting season from a, from a Carlo perspective. Like it... You know the 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 Joe McDonough didn't start too well from a from a Carlo perspective, but they did pick up a, a little bit of momentum. You know towards the 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 end of the of the league in the end, um, obviously beat Offaly on the on the final day, which was a huge result. So, what are your thoughts on Carlo this year? It's interesting. I actually watched them against Down, and I was very impressed with Carlo. The players they have, Mark Mouse was on my podcast previously. Uh, John Nolan is an excellent player. Chris Nolan. Now, there's some very good players throughout the field. And uh, I forget one of their midfielders who scored, I think, a big tally against Nolan. I forget his name. It's uh, gone over my head now. But um, there's some excellent players all over the field. And uh, Tom Malali, or I think that's the name of their manager, Malali, did an excellent job as well with Carlo. I'll give him a B. I know they necessarily didn't get promoted, but the beat off in the last day as well was a superb achievement for them. And I think Carlo could even go up next year. They did my dark horses. They look a very good outfit. Like they had to, you know, stumble their way in the drum at Tony Cup over the last few years after getting relegated from Leinster. But um, they'll do well next year. They have some very good young players coming through. They have players from the Fitzgibbon Cup doing well um, from underage as well for the club championship. So they have nice players, Carlo. I give them a B. I think they did excellent this year to beat Offley, to beat down the way they did as well. So um, yeah, I give them a B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd go with a B as well. Like I think, I think all in all, like a, a good performance, sort of in the in the back end of the of the the champ or of the John McDonough Cup. Like they they gave it a, a good rally from it in the end, and you know, lots of very very good quality in the in, in the county and and finishing up on a on a high. So I would agree with with that point of view. Moving on, then we've got down and. You know, very good season in my opinion from a from a down perspective. Like they got some some big results at different times. I think they beat Kerry, I remember, in the league. Um, you know, and and, and considering like down aren't a, you know, they aren't a hurling stronghold at all, like do you know that way? Like, but you know, Paul Sheehan, I think, has been very impressive. Dotty Sands is a very good player as well. Like, I mean, a lot a lot to be positive for from a from a down perspective and you know, the fact that they were very, very close to, to getting into the Joe McDonough Cup final. I think it's testament to them, really, because, you know, 
how cool would it be if Down did get up to the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship at some point? Have Down and Antrim in there. I think that'd be great for great for Ulster and and great yeah. for Hurling in general. I think it's actually great to see Down and Antrim in the Camogie Senior uh, All Ireland as well. So um, mm. yeah, Ulster Hurling is rising up and uh, fair play to them. There, even Schlockdeal and Derry doing excellent. But as for Down, Paul Sheen actually went off injured in the Carlo game. I think so. Um, that was a huge loss to them. Maybe a reason why they lost that particular game. I'd give him. It's a it's a tough one with Down because um the season kind of petered out. They they lost to Carlo. They beat Kerry early on the season, who got to the final, so that was a good result for them. They then lost, I think, to Offaly and Antrim. They then uh, got survived by beating me in the final day. Uh, they nearly got promoted to Division One. That was a huge, huge um uh, thing for Down. They got beaten easily by Westmead in the end. But you see the way Westmead performed in the Lee McCarthy Cup, they did excellent. So um, that's probably no shame to Down, really. The way they performed, I'd probably give them an A. I know it may be a bit too nice for Down, but the way they developed, the way they put Ulster Hurling on the map, Paul Sheehan's been excellent. Donny Sands has been excellent for play. Um, uh, Mark Fisher has been excellent. I think he was a free taker from quarter back against Carlo. Like, that was incredible to see uh, to a certain extent. But... um. Yeah, I'd give him an A because of the way they promote Ulster hurling and then their manager, um, their their manager, she, I think it's Ronan Sheen. This is is the manager's name. I think he he's done an absolutely excellent job with Down, and it wouldn't be absolutely unreal actually to see Down and Antrim in the Lee McCarthy Cup. That'd be incredible to see, just to raise the profile of Ulster hurling. But yeah, overall, I'd give him an A. Yeah, Ronan Sheehan is the the manager there, Sheehan, so you're, you're 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 spot on there. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it would be brilliant. You know, I think it's it's great. Like, and it's the same in football as well. Like, you want to see new teams getting up there, new teams being competitive. Like, I do think it it can get quite boring when you have the same teams all the time, same teams in Leinster, same teams in Munster. I think it'd be great to see teams like Down Kerry sort of get up there and and be competitive. So, um, yeah, I've gone for a B uh, with, with Down, like, um. But then again, it's been a it's been an excellent excellent season, I think, in in my opinion. Moving on to Kerry, then um, I suppose your your favourite neighbours uh, down there in Cork. Oh, I think I was muted there, was I? I think you were muted, yeah. I, I, yeah. Your thing. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. It just came up that I was muted there for some reason. Must be a must be a Kerry fan tuning in here or something. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up getting muted. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one to control that. But, but, uh, but yeah, and I was actually giving Kerry praise. I was saying that, you know, you have to praise Kerry because they had a very, very Jeez. good... Um, a very good season. Like, I mean, you know, they, they fought back from almost a, a near impossible situation where it looked like they weren't going to get to a John McGonagall mm-hmm. Cup final. But in the end, they did. And look, they gave Antrim a, a fairly good go as well. Just when Kerry were doing so well in the duels, getting to the Joe Bettola final and uh, winning the other of the football, and then their fan, one of their fans do that. I mean, um, Jesus, yeah. what, a way, what a way to ruin the season. <laughs> but, jeez. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I I I'd be I was a I'm a fan for of Kerry Hurley for years really. Uh, I want them to develop really mainly down to the fact I want them to concentrate more on football or hurling should I say more than football. They've brought in a few Limerick lads. They've done some excellent work there. 
They've brought actually Mikey Boyle to the defence, which is a massive stroke for Stephen Malumphy. Will Stephen Malumphy actually stay now that the Waterford manager position is vacant? I know we're talking in this podcast about a manager and bear your own, but it's the world we live in at the moment in hurling, unfortunately. But um, look for Kerry. I gave him an A last year because of the, the size of Kerry hurling. They reached the Joe McDonough Cup final. Oh, Kerry fans are going to hate me for this. So I'm going to give him a B. Um, because you know, three Joe the Cup finals in a row, you would have thought they would have won one by now. But albeit they played Antrim twice and they played um Westmead, so very good sides they played against. But um, at the same time, losing three finals in a row, would you really give them an A in normal circumstances? So, for that reason, I, I'd probably give them a B. But again, good progression on Stephen Blumphy, and honestly, I hope they go up to the Lee McCarthy for once. Really hope they go up. And uh, I hope to God now they don't play someone like a Tipperary in a Munster playoff. Just get them up to Leinster or get them up to Munster automatically. I I mean, that's the way to go for Hurling. That's the way to improve Kerry Hurling over the next few years. But overall, I'd probably give him a B because of losing three finals in a row. Yeah, Dylan says he was the, the Kerry fan there that was interrupting <laughs> our, uh, our show sick, there. Sick, so. Sick, Dylan. <laughs> so <Jesus>. fair enough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, B is fair, and yeah, I think so. Like, I think you can't really argue uh, against that from a from a Kerry perspective. Um, and yeah, like you know, it, it's one of them where because they've come so close to winning the Joe McDonough, like they've got to two Joe McDonough Cup final or what three Joe McDonough Cup finals in the last couple of seasons. They're coming very very close, but can't quite get over the line. But you know, clearly not too uh, not too far away at the minute. Anyways, we then have Mead who were relegated from the Joe McDonough Cup finished um bottom in the end i suppose it's a hard one really with mead because they're not hurling stronghold like let's be honest they're they're you know majority um football and i think they've done very well to be fair in the last couple of seasons to actually be in the john mcdonough cup and to be competing here and we've seen them sort of pull out some big wins in the past you know beating the likes of kildare when they were looking very good and you know a couple of wins against kerry in the past but yeah, a hard one, really. Like, I suppose you would have to say F, but it does feel a bit harsh at the same time because, like, really, what can you expect, really, from, from Mead in that kind of regards, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, I feel very dirty for giving them an F because uh, it is a hurling stronghold. They don't care about hurling and Mead, and Davy Rissman will tell you all about that. But, uh, yeah, it's... It, like it's the reason like Jack Regan really is the player that they looked at and he scored most of their points this year it was kind of like they did belong in the Joe McDonough Cup years this year and a lot of them sides were just ahead of them that was the point and they were kind of lucky to see up last year so it was coming I'd be nice to beat uh, I know as a car fan I don't particularly like Mead but I, I'd give him a D um, because because like there's, there's an argument there. They don't belong in the Joe McDonough Cup. Maybe they're at their level now next year where they can, can develop even even better. So, um, yeah, Jack, Jack Regan and the whole crew could develop even more the Christy Rigg Cup next year. But for now, I'd probably give them a deep spite relegation. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one, really. It's, it, is a, it is a difficult one. Uh, Rory says, when, uh, when does the club uh championship start there are a lot of club championships that are starting um in the in the next couple of weeks the dublin senior football championship starts next week so that will certainly be interesting and i will uh be releasing a video actually during the week predicting every club football championship um 
so yeah, that's certainly going to be uh, an, an interesting one. Make make no mistake about that. Um, certainly going to ruffle a few feathers. So we'll we'll see how that one goes down. But um, but yeah, I suppose last but not least, then we have Offaly. Um, and Offaly, yeah, difficult one. Like finished fourth in the end in the Joe McDonough Cup. We're very very close to getting to the Joe McDonough Cup final, losing to to Carlo on the last day. Uh, obviously coming up from the Christie Ring last season, you know, Mick Fenley, who's obviously stepped away as well. So I suppose a, a disappointing season in the end from from an Offaly perspective. But then again, probably just going to be a lot more sort of slower progress maybe than we initially thought. Yeah, I suppose so. Like a lot of Offaly fans were thinking they'd go up straight for the uh, Joe McDonough Cup, straight away from the Christie Ring to the Lee McCarthy. It wasn't that way. They nearly did it. They nearly did it after that uh, after that, uh, they beat Kerry in uh, Austin Sack Park and they were just on the coast, <coughs> excuse me, of getting to the final. Um, but yeah, uh, they lost to Carlo in the end and uh, yeah, they ended their season on a sore. With Michael Finley leaving, uh, that was a bit of a sore taste in Offaly fans' mouths. But um, yeah, it's, it's a tough one with Offaly because... They came up for the Chrissy Rig Cup recently, but at the same time with the players with the tradition that awfully have, you kind of expected them to go up. So um to be in the middle, I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B, uh, just to be fair. Look, they had a good season, it was progression. They recently got up for the Chrissy Rig Cup. And uh look, it'll be interesting to see who they get now for Offaly. Um there's rumors Davy Fitz will come in. We don't know about that, but um it'll be what what a story that would be actually if Davy Fitz went to Offaly. That would be something to turn up for the books. Like, um, geez, the Joe Badola Cup, a lot of people will be tuning into that competition next year if David Fitz um, gets in. So um, it'll be interesting to see that. But uh, overall, it'll be. Um, but, you know, will David Fitz going into the Joe Badola Cup um, produce ratings? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one. Like, I've obviously seen those rumours as well. Like, and yeah, like, it, it would be one of them, though. Like, I don't awfully, like, 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 realistically, like, what can he achieve there? Like, I know, like, the, he could win the John McDonough Cup, get them into the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship, but aren't like, is the quality there to, to compete with the likes of Dublin, Wexford, Kilkenny, Galway? You know, they do have a good underage structure, and there is good young players coming through at the minute. So maybe Davy is seeing something that maybe we aren't, and he sees the players that are coming through, but. It'd be an interesting one, all right. Seeing him go to go to Offaly, it's kind of it would kind of nearly remind me of Jack O'Connor going to Kildare, like you know, in that kind of same element where maybe he's going there because there's just no other big jobs available at that moment of time, and then once a big job becomes available, he'll take it. But I don't know, like there are much bigger jobs in there, like with all due respect, Offaly. I know they're a big, you know, hurling traditional county and all the rest, but you know, there's the Waterford job there. You know, obviously Dublin has, has been mentioned. We discussed that before. Kilkenny even. I, I don't know. Like, there's, there's a lot of other jobs there. But him going to Offaly, look, it would be it would be very interesting. It would be very interesting. And, uh, yeah, it will, it will get a load of Offaly fans inside the stadium just to see Davey perform antics on the, the sideline. But on a serious note, look, um, it will develop the Offaly players, definitely. Um, there's some very good young players coming through. Like you mentioned, Adam Screedy. He was full of praise of him. Um, during the minor final coverage on RT, so um, yeah, um, I I think he will do well with Offaly. Will he get along with Michael Dyke? That's for that's a discussion for another day. If he gets the job, of course, but um, should be very very interesting if he does get the job. I personally think Dublin would be the perfect fit for Davy. 
But look, he's his own man. He decides his own decisions, and uh, we'll let him decide. And uh, we'll have to keep guessing. Perfect. Yeah. Well, look, we'll uh, we'll wrap this up here, anyways. Cheers, anyone who uh, who tuned in. If you could smash the like button and subscribe if you haven't already, be very much uh, appreciated. We will be doing one of these for football at some stage as well, maybe in the in the next week or so. So do stay tuned for uh, for that one. And um, yeah, I suppose if anyone's looking to find your own podcast, Matthew, where can they find it? Uh, yeah, they can find a Spotify, YouTube now. Uh, going up the ladder of subscribers now, so hopefully uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel there. Uh, the new Instagram again is J underscore underscore Statsman 2. J underscore Statsman on Twitter and Facebook as well. And uh, search all over as well. I'll be doing um, uh, articles as well for the Southern Star as well down in West Cork. So keep an eye out for that too. Perfect, Matthew. Well, cheers for, for coming on. And um, yeah, thank you for anyone who tuned into the stream. And we will talk to you all soon.